0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com I think you'd be considered a wise person these days to stay away from controversy. Uh, Very wise to hold your opinions to yourself. You'd be crazy to jump into a discussion that might have contrary uh, beliefs to what is commonly held. I may have suggested uh, not so long ago, having educated myself on YouTube, that I wasn't 100% sure if man actually landed on the moon and uh, was instantly shot down, labelled a weirdo and a freak. Uh, And so, and maybe you feel the same and you think, I'm not going to listen to anything. He says, if he doesn't believe man landed on the moon, he's a wacko. Uh, Nowadays, people are being called out. They're being cancelled if they have anything but uh, the exact same opinion as the majority of the population. This week in a meeting, I may have suggested that sweet potato and avocado are more suited to the female palate and uh, was uh, significantly dressed down uh, for making such a gender stereotype, I apologised and resigned my post. But, CCM, this is a safe space. This is a safe space. And uh, today we're looking at a passage of scripture that is considered to be one of the most controversial Bible passages going. A passage that has been used to justify terrible behaviour. Sadly, it's Christians that have misused this passage of scripture. They've used it to abuse people, used it, the word of God, uh, very, very badly. They've often stripped these words that we're going to look at today. They've taken it out of the wider context, taken it out of the, the rest of the Bible, and they've used it to degrade, to oppress, to suppress, to exploit and manipulate other people are you ready for this passage, everybody? I thought, what a brilliant passage of scripture to do when the youth are in. Hey, so, uh, but we just go with whatever's on the rotor. So here we go. It's found in Ephesians chapter five. You're not going to be able to read that because it's minute and I should have thought about that when I did the PowerPoint. Uh, We're looking at Ephesians chapter five from verse 18. It says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For, hus- for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body. Suddenly the silence in the place. Do you notice that? Oh my goodness, he's going there. Yes, yes we are. Uh, here we go. Um, 25. Husbands. Thank you, John. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, to make her body uh, make her holy, cleansing uh, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to Himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one who ever hated his own body, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. On to chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that you may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them, not only uh, only to win their favour when their eyes are on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly. As if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Masters, treat your slaves as, in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. Woo! It's got a massive text. It's a huge piece of text. I hope you didn't drop off in the heat as we went through it. And it's packed full of stuff that makes you go, ooh, do we really want to do this? It talks about doing this and doing that. There's commands and regulations. There's orders and roles. Wives submit. Husbands love. Slaves, it talks about slaves. Slaves obey. uh, Slave masters reward. It could all get very awkward. As soon as we start talking about submission and obedience, there's a tendency within us to want to run away from the rules. We think surely the only people who like a passage of scripture like that on submission and obedience are power crazy weirdos. People who just love to be in control. People who like power just a little bit too much. I don't know what it is about me, but I like to push against the rules. As soon as, as, soon as there's rules, I'm like, I want to push against it. Have you seen those signs that say, don't push this button? I'm like, let's push the button. <laughs> don't walk on the grass. I jump the fence and do a dance. Don't talk in the library. I'm like, echo, echo. <laughs> jump, no jumping in the swimming pool. I have mastered the dive bomb. I love that sign, by the way. Anyone else from the 80s will remember this incredible sign that I wish I could have for my wall at home. It is outstanding. And then there's the other one, the one that I maybe shouldn't say, only have one snack at CCM. (laughs) You know, it's controversial, I know. My nature wants to push against it, and I don't know what it is about Christian festivals, but they cause something of a reaction within me that I just can't cope. There's rules and there's really nice Christians everywhere. I feel like I need to rebel. There was one particular night at New Wine when I was leaving a friend's accommodation to go back to my my tent, and um, and then I got full beamed by one of those, you know, psycho like security guards. You know what Christian security is like? He's got all his stuff on his belt like he's ready for war. Yeah, and he full beams me in the face with the torch. Where are you going? He shouted at the top of his voice. I said, to my tent. And, and then he said, how dare you? It's past the curfew. And I was like, you're going to have to catch me. <laughs> so we ran for a while. And then he did catch me. And I was the big speaker at New Wine this year and it had my lanyard on and he was like, give me your name. I'm like, no. So he just read my badge. And then, and then he said, oh dear, we'll talk about this in the morning. And then I got in really big trouble from the head of New Wine because I'd misabused the security guard. Anyway, I've, that's not even in my notes. I just felt like I needed to share. This is a safe place. We've been educated though, haven't we, about what is right and what is wrong. We know that oppression oppression is wrong. We know that equality is right. We know our rights. We're, we're kind of bred these days to know what our rights are and how to stick to them. And anybody or anything that opposes our rights or undermines our rights is clearly wrong. We fight anything that stops us, holds us back or restricts us. We have authority over our own lives our personal authority our personal autonomy is more important than anything else more important than anybody else's rights in fact my rights are right everybody else is secondary so then what about this passage should we just ignore it should we just bin it off as old fashioned, out of date, or irrelevant? It was written 2,000 years ago and now, now it just doesn't matter anymore. Or should we look more deeply? Should we get into the text, learn what is written there, and then begin to see what can be applied to our lives? You know what? This is a long and complex passage, but the secret. The secret to all of that whole chunk of scripture is found in one verse alone. One central, one defining, one killer verse of scripture. It is Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. It says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for for Christ before we get lost in talking about gender and talking about slavery let's unpack this incredible verse submit to one another out of reverence for Christ we're called all of us called to be a people who submit it's not in our nature it's not something that we want to do but we're called to submit regardless of what section of the population you're from, regardless of gender, regardless of people group, we're called to be a submitting people. To submit is to place yourself under someone else, under someone else's authority, to make yourself subject to someone else, to give authority to someone other than yourselves. We are called to be people who give up power. We live in a society now where power is king, where our own personal power supersedes anybody else, but the people of Jesus are called to lay down our rights and give up control. It feels countercultural, it feels unnatural, but it's what the people of Christ are called to do. Our verse says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're to be a submitting people because we have reverence for Christ. What does that mean? It means out of respect for Jesus. We're willing to lay down our rights, we're willing to give our power in respect of Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the image of submission. His way of life was the way of submission. Take a look at what the scriptures tell us about Christ. Christ who is God. Christ who is the only son of the Father. Christ who said of himself, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me also said this. He came to earth not to to be served but to serve and give up his life as a ransom for many. He came not to hold on to power but to submit to others. Jesus taught that in his kingdom the first would be last. He said the last would be first. In his kingdom, his kingdom was not for the strongest and the fittest, not for the powerful or the elite but for the weak. He taught that blessed are the poor and not blessed are the rich. He said blessed are the meek And not blessed are the powerful and the proud. He said the greatest in the kingdom will be the servants of those of all. Servants of all. And he said to his father, at the point of biggest crisis, as he finds himself in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing that within hours he would be nailed to a cross, he said to his father, not my will, but your will be done. Submitting his life to the will of his father. You know what? The Apostle John in his gospel records 47 different occasions where Jesus chooses to submit himself to the will of the Father or to the will of another at his final meal with his disciples. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel, that was wrapped around him stripping to his underpants he kneels before his disciples and begins to wash and to clean their feet this is the job of a servant this is the job of a slave but Christ who is all-powerful lowers himself submits himself to those around him in order to serve and when he'd finished washing their feet he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. "You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now I, now that I, the Lord and teacher, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. See, this is what Jesus, the humble one, is calling to us. Jesus, the servant, calls us to imitate him to do as he does, he submits and calls us to do the same. And that is why when Paul writes to the Philippian church, in his second chapter, one of my uttermost favourite passages of scripture in all of the Bible, he says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if in any Uh, if in any common sharing in the spirit, if in any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value one another's above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of, of others in your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself becoming obedient to death even death on a cross If you are united with Christ, be like Christ. If you love him, follow him. If you love him, copy him, imitate him, have the same mindset as Christ did. He did nothing out of selfish ambition, nothing self-centered. He never put himself first. Nothing that took power away from other people. Nothing that pushed other people down. He was humble. Be humble like Jesus value others above yourself. Nothing he does says, be like Jesus and be better than other people. Nothing he says is like, be like Jesus and be equal with others. No, he says, be like me and consider others better than you are. Not look into your own interests, but looking to the interest of others, so countercultural. In a world that says, take care of number one, look after your values, they are more important than anybody else. Jesus says, go lower, see others as better, as more important than yourself. In your relationships with others, be like Christ, think like he did. He was God. He has all power but yet he didn't want to be equal. He didn't see equality, something that this world values higher than anything else. It's all about equality. Jesus didn't grasp after equality but he made himself nothing. He did the exact opposite of that which the world values. Jesus makes himself nothing. He submitted And actually, submission is not oppression. Submission is not degradation. Submission is us choosing to let go of power for a greater purpose, putting others first, laying ourselves down to serve. Jesus makes himself nothing. Jesus chooses to humble himself. He is God. He's all powerful, he has all authority and yet he gives it all up for a greater purpose. He took on the very nature of a servant, not just any servant. Here the Greek word is bondservant, which means slave. Jesus, who is God, makes himself, humbles himself to become a man, not just a man but a servant, not just any servant but a slave, the worst, the lowest of slaves. Jesus, our Christ, our Saviour, Our God makes himself nothing. He is incredible. Do you see how wonderful he he is? Do you see how amazing and worthy of worship he is? That he submits himself a time and time again, further and further he goes, even to submit himself to death. Death, God, dying, the all-powerful God, giving up all power to the point where he becomes powerless upon the cross. God dying, submission unto death, submitting himself to the will of his father. Why? For the sake of us and for the sake of the world and for the sake of the lost, horrible, stinky sinners like me and you who deserve nothing. But yet Christ humbles himself, submitting himself for our good. Humbles himself unto death, death on a cross, death at Our hands. Not a comfortable death, but a brutal death. Death where his hands are are spread wide and nailed to a cross and where, where nails go through his feet as he's hung in shame for the world to see. He dies as a criminal. He doesn't get a great and glorious death because he's brilliant. He gets the worst of deaths because he's the submitting savior, the one that will give up all power in order to rescue. We submit in respect to Him. We submit in reverence to Him because Jesus is the personification of submission, because Jesus is. The beautiful, ultimate submitter who submits in order to save. He submits in order to redeem. He submits in order to restore and to rescue and to heal. His giving up of power gives us life in view of Jesus, in light of all he does. But Jesus, we we submit in respect to him, in view of all that he's done for us. Paul calls us to submit because true submission has great purpose. It restores, it redeems, it rescues, and it's hit and it heals. And so Paul says, let me give some examples of what submission could look like. If you're a wife, submit to your husband. Do it like you were doing it for Jesus. Husbands, submit to your wife. Love her like Jesus loves us. Do you know how much he loves us? That he'd give up all power in order to rescue and redeem and lift up and to heal. Submitting everything for her. lays down power children submit to your parents and obey them like Jesus obeyed his dad wow look at that for radical obedience parents submit to God don't crush your kids but bring them up in the way of Jesus bring them up telling them about the glories of Christ who gives up power in order to redeem Help them to be more like him. Slaves, submit to God first. Remember Jesus, the slave and the servant. Remember that he serves others. And remember to serve as though you were serving him. Masters, submit to God. Treat your workers like you were treating Jesus like you were looking after Jesus. Imagine if all our relationships looked like this, with husbands who love their wife like Christ loves the church, with like wives who are willing to do all they can to bless and to uplift. Imagine if parents were to bring their children up in Christ and children were to see their, their earthly fathers as though they were worshipping Jesus. Wow, what a game changer this would be for our society and our world. Submit to one another. Submission is not weakness. Submission is ultimate power. When ultimate power is laid down for the sake of God, it restores and it redeems, it uplifts and it builds and it heals. Submit, remembering the submission of Christ. All powerful, yet he gives up power. That's all I've got. That'll do. It's enough. Full stop. The one who had all power gives up all power. True submission brings life. It uplifts. It strengthens. It redeems, it restores, and it rescues.